space. I'm Kim Kral. I am reporting to you not live from my closet. Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, I am going through notes. Uh, so I have this, I think I've told you guys this before. I have like notes in my phone that every time something happens and I'm like, I should talk about that on crawl space. I write it down. And then there's like a slew of stuff that I just have never talked about that. It's just, you know, it's like a running list. Um, and I was just now going through it because I, you know, I obviously I'm going to talk about grief a bunch, but I wanted to like maybe throw in something fun too. So it wasn't just me being sad about Henry. Um, but at the end of the list, it says how cats eat their owners and why we should respect them for that. <laughs> uh, I don't know when I wrote that. I was always pretty convinced, still am. That Henry, and, and no one ever agreed with me. Everyone was always like, no, Henry, even though he's special and you guys have a special relationship, he is still a cat. I am pretty positive if I, if I died in this apartment before Henry passed away. I don't think he would have eaten me. I think Lucy for sure would have, but I don't think he would have. I think he would have. But then now that I'm reading this, I'm like, yeah, I guess we should respect them for that. You know what I mean? Like... Like if we all were like, not all of us, not all the collective, everyone who listens to CrossFace, but if there's like 10 of us who are on, you know, the movie Alive, or if we're like, you know, we're stuck somewhere and one of us dies and we're stuck there for like days and we're going to die if we don't eat that dead person. Like a dog would just die, would just die. And the cat is like, no, bitch, I'm going to survive. I, uh, years ago, I watched this documentary with a roommate we watched, it was like a three night series, uh, like three part, three night series about what happens. It was on like National Geographic or some shit. It was like a legit documentary. Um, and which is so funny. I have no idea why we watched this. We were like 24 and both just like all we did was, you know, date and cry and drink. Um, and the crying, we did a lot of that. But uh, but we watched this like documentary that we super got into because the, the documentary was what happens to the planet when humans die, like what survives, what thrives. And like dogs were one of the first things that would like not be okay without humans. Um, the domesticated ones. Right. And I'm not, believe me, I love dogs. Oh my God. I love dogs so much. I don't know if I can ever have another cat again. I hope I get a dog. You know, I know that that's an alarming amount of people are telling, asking me when I'm going to get a new cat. It's been two and a half weeks. What? Like, it's just like, it's so crazy. I, I yeah. And I, you know, I can't, I don't know. It's just such a weird thing to say to someone who is like grieving, like, an, like get another friend that died, you know, like just replace that friend that died. That's just so weird. Like he's not just anyway, but like, so, and I love dogs, so no offense to dogs, but dogs were one of the first things that like scientists were like, yeah, domesticated dogs would be one of the first things that would die out. And then it was like three nights of like what would survive. And the last thing that would thrive and survive when humans died were cats, house cats would do fine. And we, I, we were like, I don't know, we were really mad because it was like a really big buildup. I don't know who the hell we thought was going to survive or like what was going to happen, but house cats we both I just remember us like so excited like oh my god the endings here we've dedicated like six hours to this and then it was like house cats and we both were like huh do you want to get a beer you know like wait, it was just such a and oh man I am doing okay um some moments are harder than others uh I'm struggling a lot with yeah just it's grief man it's grief um 
a few people have been like, it's been like two weeks, not a lot of people, but a few people have been like, it's been like two weeks. Like why not? Why aren't you better? But like, you shouldn't be so. And I'm like, what? That's, I have a few friends sadly who've lost their cats recently as well. And one of them, it's been like five months and she's still like, it's, it, I mean, there's, there's a, you know, if you have an animal that's like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that to someone. Like if you're listening to this and you're like five months is way too long to still be grieving, then a, you've never lost anything close to you. Therefore means you have no empathy too. you know what I mean? Like even though you've never lost anything close to you, you should be able to be like, Oh, I understand. Like have empathy for, or you're a, a shitty person, you know, like, I, I don't know. So I, so I don't need to describe explain to you why I'm still sad. I'm, devastated. And it's interesting because the first two weeks, it's been about two and a half weeks. The first two weeks I was sad, but I, I was on like these like manic episodes, you know, where I was like totally fine. I mean, I went on that date, like, what is that? Two weeks ago, this was the last week's episode, but I I went on that date and now I'm like, I don't want to date anybody. I just want to hold the blanket Henry used to lay on and just cry. Um, I got his ashes I don't know. It's, it's not linear. Um, there's a lot of guilt around it. And I know that that is normal when it comes to grief. They don't talk about that in the psychological five stages of grief. First of all, they don't talk about how it's not like linear where it's like, I can't remember exactly what it's, you know, it's depression First, it's denial. Then I think it's anger, uh, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. And that's what psychologists say are like the five stages of grief. And like, they don't mention guilt. And I remember when my dad died, that was like the main one that I was like, they never explained. Cause that was like, you know, I mean, I had a lot of significant deaths in my life, but Tom was, you know, parent is just a different, you know, camp for death. And like, and I, I, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is I like looked up guilt and like, and most people feel guilt when they lose someone significant in their life, but we're not taught that in the the high school psychology classes. I guess I took one psychology class in college. I used to sit next to this guy named Clint and this other, this girl and Clint lived with this guy named Luke. They were freshmen that lived in the dorm that I lived in on the same floor. So like we ended up meeting them first of all, cause my friend Amy and I went the f- sophomore year, we went to our old dorm and met all the freshmen. I don't know why. I mean, we were like, we we're like, hi, we're sophomores. <laughs> we're 19 and you're 18. We're obviously superior. But when you're that age and 18 and 19 feels like, you know, a decade. Right. And so we went into the dorm and we like met everybody and we met the guys that were living in the big suite on our floor. There wasn't enough kids when we were, when we were living on the floor. So that was just like a communal like conference room or whatever. Adam, Adam, my first love and I, Oh, I've said his name many times on here. Adam Black and I spent a lot of nights in there crying and talking, having very dramatic talks. Uh, but that it was like, they had a, so they had like four students living in this, this big conference room. And so we met them and one's name was Luke. Oh, poor Luke. Not poor Luke. Luke was hot. I'm sure Luke is fine now, but Luke, we said, this is, I I don't know. Here we are. We're off and running. So my psychology class, Clint, who lived with Luke, sat next to me and he was a white dude who attempted to grow, to get dreadlocks, which basically meant he just didn't shower for like 
a really long time. Like it got to the point where, and then there was some girl, I can't remember what her name was, but she, she was never like, she was like nice to me, but I think she liked Luke. And I, I don't know. We all like Luke was to us. He was a child. So we like toyed with Luke, but now I look back and I'm like, we were, he'd be 39 now. Right. Um, God, I wish I could remember that guy's last name. I would look him up just to be like, oh, good. He's good. Um, but no idea. No idea. But so, yeah, we, we convinced that we ha- my friend Amy and I had uh, a weird obsession with trying to get men to let us shave their legs. And no one ever said yes until we met Luke. And Luke was like, yeah, I'll let you guys shave my legs. And that sweet had like a bathtub. And so we like, we're like, oh, okay. So you'll let us shave your legs. And he was like a hundred percent. So we go over there one afternoon. We'll get back to Clinton and his fucking dreads and the five, five stages of uh, grief at some point. Maybe. I don't, I don't know guys. My brain is like, bing, 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 way more than usual. But so like we, uh, so we like go in his bathtub. He wore like boxers. Like he wasn't like naked in the bathtub. And Amy, I don't think I shaved him. I think Amy did. I don't think I participated. I mean, I stood there and like cheered her on. It was definitely like a part of the situation, but I don't think I helped shave. She shaved him. And it took a long time because that kid was fucking hairy, man. And when he got done, he stood up and he had these little chicken legs, these little white chicken legs. And Amy and I were both like, oh, we're sorry. And he was like, what? <laughs> we were like, they were, it was better with hair. We just, we were wondering if we could get somebody to help let, like let us shave their legs and see if it always looked good. Cause we had this crush on, oh, I had this crush on a guy named Ryan Hamity who lived on, uh, in our dorm and he shaved all of his, his, his body parts. And I think that's where the obsession came from. And we were just like, oh, we're sorry. And he was like, what? We we're like, it just doesn't look good. We literally were like, it just doesn't look good. Anyway, we'll see you around. And then we just left him standing there. Poor guy. Poor guy. And then another time we used to donate our plasma for money. I don't know if I've ever told you guys that, but we used to donate our plasma in college for beer money. I heard on the radio last night that you can donate your plasma now and make up to a grand. They were like, like I have scars from college, like donating my plasma. And they were like, yeah, you you know, they, they were like, uh, up to a thousand dollars a month if you want to donate your plasma and save lives. I think we made $80 a week, like $500 a month, which actually was quite a lot for college kids. I bought a couple Barbies that I secretly played with. Um, I really wanted a Barbie. I still have those Barbies. Uh, and then mostly it went to beer money, mostly it went to beer money, but we, we convinced Luke one day to, donate his plasma with us. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll donate my plasma with you guys. And we're like, yeah, dude, you'll make money and it's fun. And like, you know, we like go together one, like twice a week and we always like go together. And we were like, and so he, your first time always took a really long time because they had to ask a bunch of questions and then do like a physical to make sure that you're able to do it. And I can't remember why he got there quicker than us. I don't know if we dropped him off, but he was like, we were, he was like, I'm really scared of needles. And we're like, oh, it'll be okay. Don't worry. Like, whatever, you know, it'll be okay. Don't worry. We'll be back there with you. But somehow he was there first and Luke passed out and peed his pants. So like we're, we are getting our, like every time you did it, you had to like get your finger pricked, I guess, just to make sure the blood was clean. I don't know. They like put it through a thing and then they're like, you're good to go. Maybe to see if we did drugs or something. I don't know. It couldn't have been marijuana though. Cause a lot of the like stoner kids would go and we would sit with them. We were like friends with all those guys. So maybe it was just like hard drugs. I have no idea. 
But we walk back there and there's like EMT standing around Luke and we're like, oh no, Luke. And he's like, yeah, I passed out. And then he got really uncomfortable and he's like, I need to borrow your car, Kim. And we're like, we'll be done in like 20 minutes. So we'll just drive you back to the dorms. Just give us 20 minutes. And he was like, no, I need it now. And we were like, okay. So we gave him my, my car keys or I gave him my car keys and he drove back to the dorm. And when he left the the doctor was like, yeah, your friend peed his pants. So he needed to go, which also now telling that story, what a dick doctor, right? Like what a dick. I don't know if he was allowed to tell. I mean, he just peed his pants. So it's not, maybe it wasn't the doctor. Maybe it was the EMT. I'm not sure, but we were like, oh my God, poor Luke. And then I was like, did he get piss all over my car? I never noticed it. So it was fine. I did run into him in a movie theater, like two years later and he didn't seem like he was like that bitch like I've ran into people from like high school and college where I'm like hi and they're like I don't want to be your friend and I think you know why you know what I mean so that guy was just like hey good to see you so I don't know I, I mean a bunch of pretty girls giving some freshmen all the attention we like took him under our wing I mean yeah we did haze him a bunch <laughs> but I, so I took a uh, psychology, I was like, why did I start talking about Luke? I took a psychology class and his roommate, Clint, who was trying to get dreadlocks, he was like, I had him in high school. And we're like, and he was like, cool. You know what I mean? He wasn't cool because he was a white dude with dreads, but like, he was like, but this is like 2001. So like, it's still not cool, but not as, you know publicly frowned upon, I guess. Uh, I don't know if that's even correct, but it just, it was a long time ago and he was cool in a sense that he just like didn't give a fuck what anybody thought. Cause he smelled so bad. Like, I, like he's like, my mom called the dorm today and she just said, I was like, hello. And she was like, take a shower and then hung up. And we're all like, yeah, dude, why aren't you showering? He's like, I'm this close to getting dreads. I don't think he ever got dreads. I think he just because it was just a grease ball. It was so gross. It was so gross. But so in those psychology classes, you learn the five stages of grief, right? And I just, I never, like, they, of course they're there. Of course they are. Like, I think I was in denial for the first two weeks and it's starting to kind of come out of denial. But I, and, and I, I've been having a thing where I will forget. And then I, like I did dinner detective last night. Oh my God. I'll tell you about that. I did dinner detective last night. There is a girl that does that and she just does not like me. I don't know what her fucking deal is, but every time like I've worked with her a couple times and she's so rude to me. And after last night's show, she was telling everyone, good job, good job. And then immediately she looked at me and she goes, by the way, after like, after I get murdered, I like sing and then I scream and leave. But I, my voice was gone right like so when I tried to scream I couldn't so I just like fake screamed and she didn't come in and be like oh my god good job on anything else she was just like hey just so you know like it's better if like don't mock the screaming after you die and I was like mock the screaming. she's just such a bitch but then somebody told me that she's a Trump supporter so who gives a shit um but she's like, yeah, don't mock the, you like did a fake scream that just didn't work. And I was like, oh, I did that because I don't have a voice. Like I'm losing my voice. And she goes, oh. And I wanted to be like, yeah, I've been crying for two and a half weeks straight. So I can't just scream for, you know, a solid 10 minutes. It's just not in my voice, whatever. But she was like, but then she apologized. She goes, oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I didn't scream in rehearsal. And she's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. And then everyone came in and she's like, such a good job tonight, guys. And I was so upset when we left. I left with my two friends who were in the show and I was so upset. 
And then I was really like, I'm just sad. That's it. Like, I don't care. I don't even know that woman's name. I think I do. I don't know. But I, you know, like I, like that's like that show. Cause every time I work with her, she's just like such a dick. But I'm like, that's as big as this bitch's fishbowl is going to get. And so normally I don't care. Right. But I'm like not operating at full slayer strength right now. So I'm really sensitive about a lot of shit that I don't think I would have normally been. Um, speaking of, I had this, uh, you know, I'm doing my own loving parent uh, work book right now, which is like the next step in my recovery. And so I'm like, you know, the idea is you didn't get good loving parents. So you, uh, you know, part of, you know, recovering from trauma is you become your own loving parent and you do things to parent yourself. There's a whole inner child thing, whatever, right? And I had a loving parent moment. I had, so Henry's original mom, original mom, the woman, the first woman who adopted him, I won't even call her, her, his mom. Uh, the first woman who adopted him that I told the story about, um, a couple of weeks ago after Henry passed in the episode, I will always love you. And as I said, I was doing my very best to just talk about facts and try, and she's not an easy person to not to do that with. And I'm sure she's listening now because I think she listened to that episode because that night she reached out to me on Facebook at 11 p.m. I woke up to this. I, I didn't see what she wrote because she unsent it right away. And then she unfriended me. And normally, like, I didn't give a fuck what this woman thought of me before I got Henry. Like, I worked with her for a couple years before I got Henry. I thought she was a nightmare then, and I'm apparently she's still a nightmare. Cause, like, and I, I had kind of a meltdown because I, I, well, I had this big meltdown because I, you know, I had all this guilt that maybe I wasn't that good of a mom to Henry. And maybe, maybe she was lecturing me because I killed Henry, you know, and I know that that's not true. I obviously, I know that that's not true, but. I also know that grief is a funny thing. It will play tricks on you. You know, it'll, it'll make you believe not good thoughts or true things, you know? And one of the things was that I, I think if I would have caught the cancer sooner, you know, whatever. I mean, there's a bunch of things, but I thought that she was reaching out for that. And, and I, I reached out to some friends and I am learning once again, you know, they're, it, it, who will be there and who won't be there for you. I'm going through one of the biggest losses I've ever had. And there are some people that have simply not shown up even when I've asked for them to show up. And so I reached out about, you know, how I was feeling about this. And I was, and I, and I was like, I understand I'm being fucking petty. Like I understand that like this spiral has nothing to do with her, but I need support. Right. And it was completely ignored by two people I hold near and dear, but it was back to that lesson of why am I going to the hardware store for milk? I have like six people. That's more than most people right now that I could call that would have co like have coffee with me, have a drink with me and let me just bitch and cry about what I'm going through with Henry. Right. And like, after, like, I was going to send one of them a long message about how she said she'd be here for me and she clearly isn't all because this woman reached out to me. But I know, like, that's part of the grief, right? Like, I know these thoughts aren't real. I know they're, but I was, I, as I've said before, if it's hysterical, it's historical. And why am I so upset about this woman reaching out and me being so afraid that she's going to say that I'm not a good mom or I, I, if I was a better mom, Henry wouldn't have gotten cancer. What? But I realized I, so, you know, when I, when that happens, when I'm having like a big reaction 
to something that's not doesn't warrant a big reaction. Like I, I, I messaged a girl we used to work with, or she messaged me about about Henry, and we wrote back and forth. And then I, I was like, yeah, I heard from so and so last night, and I told her that part. How you know she sent something unsented and then unfriended me. And this girl just wrote, God, she was a trash fire back then. Guess she's a trash fire now, right? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know why I care. Like, I, I, like I just assumed I've spent the last decade evolving and changing, but I guess not everybody has. But I had a point. Oh, yeah. I, so, I, you know, when I have like an overreaction to something, even though I am grieving, I knew that there was something there. So when I was a kid and I had my childhood dog, Candy, the one who I have her ashes in my apartment. Guys, I have three remains of bodies in my apartment. I don't know how to put that. I, I, I want to say I have three dead bodies in my apartment, but that sounds... No, it's that creepy. I have my father, my childhood dead dog, and my childhood dog. Obviously, she's dead because, well, she's my childhood dog. And also, I'm saying she's her remains. And Henry. Now, my family's coming in two weeks, a few members of my family to help me spread the ashes of my dad. And then Candy, I think I just keep Candy. I have no idea. But when I was a kid, a kid, I'm talking like eight or nine, or no, 11. I think I got Candy at like, yeah, 12. I don't know. But that's still a fucking kid. And anytime I would say I loved Candy, my dad would be like, you don't really love her because you don't take care of her at all. And I'm like, and you know, as a kid, I was like, oh, I don't like I do a bad job taking care. I was a child. Like I fed the dog. I took the dog on walks, but I was a child. Like, right. Like I picked up the dog's poop. Maybe I didn't do it every day, but like he, like every time and even well into adulthood, when I said I loved my dog, he'd be like, like well into my like teen years. I mean, and then when I was like 18, 19 and say, I love candy, he would be like, you sure don't show her you love her. Like, and, and none of that's true. That guy was a crazy person, like a literal crazy person. When I moved to LA, he was like, he was going to euthanize her. I still can't get over that. But it's not funny. It's just literally insane. And he was going to, you know, euthanize her. And, and, and as a kid, he would tell me um, that I was a bad dog mom. Like, I mean, that guy used to tell me all kinds of things that weren't true. But they, that kind of like that story lives in your bones. Do you know what I mean? That sounds really dramatic. <laughs> but like that, like that, like when you hear as a kid, like the tapes you hear as a kid. So when this woman reached out to me, I had all this guilt. And then I realized like and then I did like reparenting around it. Right. Where I like sat down with my inner kid. And if you're listening to this, believe me, when I first started out with the inner child stuff, I thought it was so dumb. I was like my kid or whatever. And now, dude, I have a relationship with my inner kid. I have an inner teenager. I have an inner loving parent. I have an inner shitty parent. You know what I mean? Like I have, and I like embrace it. It's the way I feel about people who like shit on like God. And I don't mean sky dad. Remember every time I speak of God, I do not mean the Christian religious God that doesn't like anybody, but straight white people. <laughs> like, I don't mean that God. I don't, but I mean like the vast, the universe, like ever, like I used to, I was an atheist and I didn't believe in any of that stuff. And then as soon as I embraced it, I don't know, man. So inner kid. So I sat down with my inner kid and I was like, Hey, I'm sorry you were told that as a kid. You were you were a child, you know? And it wasn't true. You loved that dog the best you could for a fucking kid. 
It wasn't your job to take care of that kid or that dog. It was your dad's. It was the parents, you know, like you were supposed to learn responsibility with it. And as soon as I was able to, and then when I realized also that a big part of my spiral out at those women that did not care about my spiral out that, I mean, and that's like something to look at anyway. That's also some friendships that I was like, I'm, I'm before Henry passed away. I was sort of dipping out of anyway, you know, and it was just one final, like, Oh, this was the right move sometimes. And it's not, and it's, you just grow in different directions. Cause after that I call after they didn't respond. And after I was having the meltdown about Henry's, uh, you know, first adopted person, um, I, I called a fellow in ACA and I, you know, and, and I love the friends and you know who you are. Cause you listen to this, you support it and me uh, a lot. And I appreciate you more than I can ever tell you. I mean, I do tell you all the time. We, we text that once a week at least. That's, um, but I call this, this woman and, she, and that's what I love about this woman in particular. And you know, the good friends in your life, you could have just call them and shit. You know what I mean? Like you could have just call and just unload and there's no, there's no judgment and it's just, and you know, and she listened and she listened and she first said about the, the, you know, the few people I reached out to about this and with no response. Cause I was like, I'm going to fucking, and she was just like, you're going to the hardware store for milk, man. They don't support you. They haven't, there's not been a support. They have not been supportive at all. Right. And, and then, and then when we work through what my, what I was upset about, with the woman who reached out to me. And I don't know if that's, that might be an all over the place story. And I don't know if it helps anybody, but I was a good mom to Henry. And even though my thoughts and, you know, past tapes are telling me that I wasn't, there's not a single person that met that cat that wasn't like, this is a really happy cat. He was just a really happy cat and I'm sad. And that's the other part. As soon as I like, as soon as I worked through that, that, you know, worked through that anger, I realized underneath, I'm just profoundly sad. And then I, I, I have a friend who lost his wife. Oh God. Suddenly uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, they have two young boys and the funeral is actually supposed to be today, but he caught COVID. So it was canceled, unfortunately, like of all fucking things, you know what I mean? And it's just like, I, and I don't know how to be there for him. Um, I, I have a, we have a mutual friend that we're pretty close and we're both like, Oh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like right now he has everyone around him. And that's what happens when you, you know, that I, I mean, I, I don't know how to wrap my brain around my loss of Henry. I, I can't even fathom what this man is going through. Like I just, and, and the wild, and so I, I got really, I was like, God, in five years, he and I will be fine. You know, and again, I'm not comparing my cat to his wife, obviously. Like I, my cat was the love of my life, but I mean, the levels of levels, like understand that I'm not, but I'm saying that like, it's so wild to me because in five years we will, he'll always remember his wife always that she'll be a big part of everything. Right. But humans are wild. We adapt. Like right now I can't see out of this grief. And then I feel guilty when I'm not sad, you know, um, I feel guilty when I'm not sad and I can't see my way out of this grief. 
And it's that profound sadness of just like, you're certain you'll never be okay again. And I know that that's not true. I've been in this grief before, this grieving before. And I know it's not true. It's wild. It's just wild. It's like things that I just never thought I would be okay again. I adapted. I look at COVID with that, you know. I mean, I COVID's a mess right now, man. COVID is a mess right now. There was a thing I was invited to and it was all planned. And I guess somebody tested positive for COVID and they were just like, we'll still do it, but like, I'll stay outside. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to that. I mean, we're going to be in this forever. Cause there's people like, I mean, I hear people that are like, I went to a party and three people tested positive for COVID. Um, I'm going to keep going about my life and not test. And if I don't, if I don't feel sick, I'm just going to pretend I didn't, wasn't exposed. Like we're going to be in this forever. Um, it's, it's just so wild, but like, so not the current COVID stuff, but like at the beginning of the pandemic and like how lockdowns happened and, you know, like, and how humans, we adapt. Like there was, you know, Zoom comedy shows. There's still Zoom comedy shows, which is fine, I guess. But like, you know, there were Zoom comedy shows, Zoom theater, Zoom karaoke. Like there was just like humans. We adapt, man. And I don't, I don't even know. I mean, my buddy, I don't even know. Say a prayer to whatever, you know, whatever you believe in for that guy. Cause my heart breaks for him. And then I feel guilty cause I'm so sad about my cat. <laughs> And I know that 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 doesn't, one can be true. You know, I can be sad for him and be sad. And his wife was fucking lovely, man. She was lovely. I only met her, I met her, you know, half a dozen times, but like we knew of each other, friends on everything. She bought a signed copy of my book, promoted it. Like just like, just an angel, just such a cool broad, right? And so I know I can be sad for him and about her while still being completely devastated about my cat. Like both can be true and it doesn't make me, you know, but it's grief is tricky. It's tricky. And when I realized, you know, in five years in a year, I'm going to be completely different and it's just going to be normal without him here. I could not stop crying at that thought that I would just be fine. And I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say to that because I don't feel like I'll ever be fine again, you know, but intellectually I'm like humans, we adapt. And that's, that's, that's all I keep thinking. And Lucy is Lucy. Um, I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to figure out what she eats. Uh, turns out that the wet food I've been buying them for years and years, she doesn't eat that. She doesn't like that, I guess. I guess he just ate both of their portions. Once again, I fed most of the food to her and then little to him because he would run back and forth. We tried to calorie count for years. It was, I mean, it was kind of successful, but uh, yeah, so I put out, so I had a bunch of different food for when I didn't know that Henry had stomach cancer. I just thought, we thought he had a GI thing. Um, 
like Crohn's, man, those were, that was a good week. Remember when we thought it was just going to be an easy food fix. I was going to go to Thailand and Henry was going to live forever. Um, but I have all this food, random food. So now we're just doing experimenting on Lucy to see what Lucy likes to eat. And she does not eat the food I had ordered for them for like years. So that's good to know, I guess. Um, she also doesn't eat much at all. She weighs, uh, if you ever saw my two cats next to each other, one was a very big boy and one was a very, 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 very small girl. They're very different in sizes, um, but we're fine, I guess. I don't know. We're trying to figure it out. I wish she was more cuddly. I really want a cuddly cat. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. But so I, I did a dinner detective last night. I think I, yeah, I talked about that girl it was not very nice. Um, but I went, I, it was for, it was a private party. So there was a lot of like teenagers. First of all, I talked to a girl who was in college and she was telling me all about college and she was like, well, you know, I'm sure like, what school do you go to? And I was like, you think I'm in college? And she goes, yeah, we're about the same age, right? She was 23, 23. I was like, no girl, I'm 40. And she was like, what? And I'm like, I know. And then I met this other girl who was in high school and we were talking about like, so you're supposed to ask. So basically what you are, like I'm an undercover, like I'm an actor, like it's like a, it's immersive theater. I know I've explained general detective to you guys a lot. Um, and so like I'm a seated actor. So I pretend I'm a part of the sh like I'm not a part of the show and I'm just a random guest. Now, since it was a private event, uh, they acted like I was in HR and that me and the guy I was sitting next to just like we we um, we were there like overseeing the event like we'd hired a lot of these people and we just wanted to like they earned they like sold like in order to get this this dinner detective event they sold like 200,000 burgers in like six months or some shit. And so they got this big event. So our cover story was like, oh, we're just here. We're from HR. So I'm walking around and explaining to people. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm at, I, you know, I, and it's called uh, travels and events. So I'm like, hi, yeah, I'm with travels and events. So I just, I, you know, I love meeting the employees and the staff and you guys are just such a great group. So I'm talking to this young girl and one of the questions you're supposed to ask each other, like in dinner detective shows, the, they like let the audience get up and like talk for a little bit, right? Like talk to each other and like interrogate each other to try and figure out, you know, who is a killer. And so what you're supposed to ask who your favorite villain is. And I was like, Oh, Maleficent. That's always my answer. Um, Cause she is awesome. Um, I think it was like cartoon villain or maybe just regular villain. I don't know, but Maleficent is always the one in every, and I have a, and everyone really likes it. And so this young girl, and I don't know why I did this because I am not, I mean, this, I feel like this episode is all over the place. And I also feel like I've been recording for like six hours and it's been 35 minutes. My brain and body are not where they are, you know? So, uh, she, I was like, what's your favorite? And she was like, oh, my favorite is Ursula. And then I went in this big tangent, this big like soapbox on how they did Ursula dirty and that Ariel was just like some like privileged princess. Like, first of all, like, I don't know. I read this a while ago and I was like, that is so true. So Ariel says she has nothing to give and Ursula is like, all right, I'll take your voice. But it's like, you're the princess of the sea, right? King Triton, I think the whole sea. And you're like the favorite princess. Like that whole musical in the beginning was completely for her. 
her. She just didn't show up because she's a privileged asshole, right? And so Ursula explained everything, right? Everything was like, this is the terms. Uh, if you don't get him to fall in love with you in three days, I uh, get your soul. Also, the price for me making you human is your voice. You can read, obviously. So you sign the contract. I make you human. And then she becomes human. Yeah, Ursula never said in the clause, like, I can't come and interfere, right? So she came and interfered. Also, Ariel was like 16. Wasn't Eric like 20 something? Like, that's another thing we all need to get into. And so I go into this rant on this poor college kid who's just trying to have fun at this dinner detective. And I was like, and then after all that, she runs home to daddy and then daddy kills her. And she was like, huh? Yeah, well, it's really nice to meet you. And I was like, I'm not doing very well. My Oh, and I also brought a Penry. I don't remember why I brought a Penry. Oh, because Ursula, I used to sing. There's a bunch of random songs I used to sing to Henry. And uh, one of them was, you poor unfortunate soul. Well, I would pretend he was either Ariel or one of my eels. It was a long lockdown. Okay. It's a long lockdown. Um, I used to also... Uh, dress up and then sing shares if I could turn back time. And I was going to make a TikTok of that, of me singing to Henry in a cat suit. If I could turn back time, uh, regrets, I guess. Um, but so I, I told her, I, then I got choked up and then I went off about fucking Ursula and how, I mean, but am I wrong? Am I wrong? Also, she can write. Why didn't she just go up there and be like, write on a piece of paper, yo, I'm the broad that uh, that rescued you, that has the voice that you said you're gonna marry, but like an or, but I'm a mermaid, so like in order for me to come up here as a human, I made a deal with a witch. So if you just kiss me, I'll get my voice back, and we can get married by sunset, right? I don't know. She could. I mean. I'm probably overthinking a Disney movie. And I think the original, like the original Little Mermaid was actually much darker. And I probably ought to look into that before I start flipping out at strangers about how Ursula was done wrong. So was Maleficent. I don't know. I digress. Um, man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm all over the place and I am trying to get my life back. And like, I'm just trying to find some balance, you know? I'm trying to find some balance. I did a little yoga today. It was really hard. I'm going to go to dinner right now, which I don't need to be doing. I should be staying in. And But I, I, don't, I don't know, man. There's no, there's no magic formula to what I'm going through. I just know that I am going to reach out to the humans that are supportive, that are actually supportive. And, um, and that's the thing. Like I, I've had a few people reach out and they're like, I don't really know what to say. And I'm like, the fact that you're checking in and seeing how I'm doing a really good friend of mine, we're hiking tomorrow. She was like, I don't feel like I've really been there for you. And I'm like, you have, all you need to do is just let me know you're here. And you know, I mean like everything, when you go through another like hurdle in life, I don't like reducing Henry's death down to a hurdle, but you know, when you go through a hardship in life, you really do find out who's there for you and who is not. And, and I, you know, I understand it's grief. I'm grieving. And so I'm a little bit more sensitive because right now I'm ready to just like burn down a bunch of friendships where I'm like, I don't think that's like, uh, the ones that I was growing apart from that I was talking about the hardware store for milk. Um, I, 
want to move away from that, but I've wanted to move away from that for a long, long time. And I think this was just the final, like, oh, what am I doing? Like, it's just, man, it's just so short. It's just so short. I don't know, guys. I, uh, I have, uh, I guess we'll look at, I, you know, it's funny. I like don't have, I was on the phone with my cousin the other day and she's like, how are you? And I'm like, fine. She's like, what's new? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> I'm like, I, I just, I, I need, I, I don't know. I'm just really sad. I, um, I did not get out of bed for like two days and she was like, be where, be careful of that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going back into my depressive mode. I lost my best friend of 11 years, like my best friend, my constant through a lot of hard shit is just, he's just gone. And, and yeah, I'm going to probably stay in bed for a couple of days here and there. And I think that that's okay. And I know she didn't mean any harm by it, but it was just like, yeah, I'm not this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best. So I wrote down, I wrote down all these things that I wanted to talk about. I'm still going to do bartender pet peeves. I might do that next week just because I don't have anything to talk about because all I'm doing is just being sad. Man, I'm so sad. Um, God, it's so, I just feel empty and heavy. You know, I just feel really heavy. Also, I can't seem to stop peeing or eating. I just want to eat everything and I can't stop peeing. It's such a weird thing. So yeah, my family's coming in a couple of weeks and we are, uh, um, spreading my father's ashes. Apparently it's not legal. You have to be like three miles off the shore, off of the shore in California to spread ashes. So I need to look into that. I still think we can just do it. There might just be like a fine or something. I'm not sure. But yeah, a couple of family members are coming out, which I really appreciate. I get sad because I really wanted them to meet Henry. That's, that was always my like, God, I always was so jealous of anyone that got to meet Henry for the first time because he was just such a special cat, dude. Like even, even when he got his diagnosis, diagnosis at the hospital, uh, she was like, this cat is like super special. And I was like, yeah, he really is. She goes, no, every time, like he just sat there and waited for people to come in. And then when they walked by, he'd like hit him. So they would pet him and he purr. I mean, he was just, and that's the thing. Like I am profoundly sad and I'm I'm you know I'm trying to navigate through this I'm trying to figure out how to be there for my friend right now he's you know kind of in just like not I mean like I said it's like a marathon not a sprint and so when the time is right I will be able to be there for him but I'm trying to navigate that there was a big death in the comedy world. I'd only met this guy a couple of times, but just like, re and I don't know what happened, but just reading all of people's accounts, there's just so much sad shit going on. You know, there's just so much sad shit going on. And I don't know, you keep going, you know, you keep trying to be a good person you keep, I mean, I don't know if you're trying to be a good person. I think you are one or you're not, you know, and you evolve and you try, you know, you try to do better. But like, if you're like, I'm trying to be a good person, I'm like, I don't think you're a good person. And that's just my opinion. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm working this next weekend. I worked last weekend. I'm bartending a lot and I'm trying to figure out what 
I don't know. I, I guess I thought like spreading my dad's ashes, I thought would just be like, we'll just dump them on the sand and kick it into the ocean. But now I have family coming from Colorado and my little sister is coming. Uh, and you know, she's a little cousin, but little sister. And I'm like nervous about it. Not nervous, but I am, I am nervous. Like there's, you know, I, they, no one really has come to my world especially, you know, no one from my family has really come to my world. My, uh, my, uh, a few, my, my aunt and uncle and, and, you know, they came a little bit, but like, they're not like family stay with me and come see my world. Like they came out here and they were like, we're in town. We want to do all these things. But like these three are like, Oh, we want to see your world. My uncle wants to see me on stage and, I don't know how to tell him that like, yeah, I'm on stage here and there, but I, I haven't been actively looking for shows because I just want to lay in bed. I don't want to do anything. I am performing on Thursday, uh, by when this airs, it'll be tomorrow night, Thursday, the 27th. So if you or no, that's Wednesday. I probably got to figure that out, right? It's thir- Wednesday or Thursday. It's on the, it's on my website. Um, I am, and I'll be performing with Ken Gar. And we'll be having dinner beforehand. How wild is that? We haven't, we have not, um, we've seen each other briefly, um, very briefly since the end of the Kim and Ken show. And uh, we're going to have dinner. And I think, I don't know, it's so funny. There are so many things that I was upset about. And so many, you know, I mean, the show ended very abruptly and, and we didn't talk for a long time. And, you know, we, and there was never, like, there was never any anger like there was never like angry text messages. We just ended the show and we didn't talk for, you know, a long time. And there, and and I'm sure there's, you know, my side's not completely clean either. And it just always will be okay. It just always will be okay. And if it's not, you know, like I say with John Lennon, it'll always be okay in the end. It's not okay. Not the end. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm nervous about my family coming. Um, not nervous like they're like the fun, healthy ones, you know, um, truly the only ones that were not that were that were that way. Uh, you know, my dad's gone. So that was really the one I was the most scared of seeing. I haven't gotten my letter from my mother yet. Remember how my birthday she sent me? She told me she was going to write me a letter and then maybe I'd talk to her. Uh, I don't know. I'm just I feel I feel really empty and sad and I have all these things I want to do, but really all I want to do is just sit in a dark room and stare at the ceiling. And I would like this part of the grief to go away now. I would like this part of the grief to go away now. I am one lucky broad. I am one lucky broad that Henry came into my life, popped into my life. You know, there's so many there's, there's many places that there, you know, he could have not ended up. No, there was, I believe that we had a soul contract. I think that cat and I are going to, that soul and I are going to be together for a very, very long time. I'm looking at plane tickets now to go to Thailand. Um, I have told myself I can't buy a plane ticket. Oh, and insurance, by the way, remember this was a big deal. Uh, remember how I was like, I'm just done. I filed the insurance claim and then I just have to let it go because like I was dealing with like Henry's diagnosis and I was just like, I just, I submitted everything I can. Either I get the refund or I don't. They sent me a check. 
So I have promised myself that. So Thailand is basically paid for except for hotels, which two weeks of hotels in Thailand is literally $300 top. And that's with staying at one nice hotel. So like, but I told myself, uh, you can buy this plane ticket as soon as you accomplish your big to-do list of getting shit back in order because my shit is not in order right now. Um, I mean, it's just like, I just feel really unmanageable, but I know that it's just going to take time. And you know, the, the amazing humans that are around me that keep reminding me that it's just time and grieve. And the only way to go through it is to go through it. You know, um, it's interesting. I was thinking about when my, when candy, my childhood dog died, and how ter- Terry, my mom, just was like, oh, yeah, she died like a couple of months ago. I told you guys the story a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I don't remember really feeling that. I am really... So this is my one lucky broad. I am one lucky broad that I'm healed enough now that this that I can be present during this profound loss, like this loss that, that will go down, but you know, it's one, it, it, the cat was the love of my life. That cat was my soulmate. And, but, and Candy and I were, you know, Candy was my childhood dog. I loved that dog, but I was so disassociated and unable to feel anything. I remember when I was in Al-Anon and I, and Rob broke up with me. Um, this is like 2013, right? So not that long ago, like 10 years ago almost, but not that long ago. And I, we were at a meeting, my sponsor and I were at a meeting and I could not stop crying. Like I didn't love Rob that much. I could not stop crying. And we went and we saw, you know, I mean, I'm just like, I I just cried all the time. Like everywhere I went, just like streaming tears. Like I was like, I got to the point where I was like, I just accept the fact that I just cry everywhere now. Right. And we were, we were at, uh, we were at, so we're at a meeting and my sponsor and I, at the time we go up to another Al-Anon person and I'm sobbing and she's like, what, what's wrong? And, and my sponsor was like, oh, her and her boyfriend broke up and it's the first one. And I was like, I've been, I've broken up with before. And then the other woman goes, oh no, you got your first break, like feeling like your first 12 step breakup, which means that like I spent most of my life just pushing feelings down and like doing like extreme gymnastics to just not feel this shit. So now that the floodgates were down, I wasn't crying about just Rob. I was crying about Adam and Chris and every other dude that had ever broken my heart. And with, with Candy, I, I, I was in that disassociative state where I just didn't feel stuff, right? Like it was like when I was a kid, it was like mom's in jail, dad's touching me in the shower, better go to third grade. Like it was just like, don't feel shit, push it down. And I don't remember really, like I went to work and the three guys that I, that I, you know, sat with and had lunch with, I was like, yeah, my dog died. And it wasn't my childhood dog then, you know, cause I had, you know, it was still my dog. And I was like, my dog died. And they were like, oh my God, they took me to lunch. And I don't even remember crying. Like it was just like, oh, this was just a part of it. And so as painful as this is right now. And it's, I mean, it's so painful. I, 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 some moments literally can't stop crying. Um, I'm grateful that I am feeling it and I've, and I'm 
sorry to, you know, I know Candy is probably fine that I didn't grieve her, but I didn't grieve her. It was just push it down, move on, push it down, walk it off, move on. Don't feel, don't feel, don't trust, don't talk, don't feel, don't, you know what I mean? Like it was just that. And I'm so grateful that I am feeling every bit of this because I know at the end, on the other side, I'll be okay. You know, and I'll, I'll, I'll be stronger and more well-rounded or whatever, but I'll still, or whatever, but I'll still have, you know, I'll have that soul that, that will forever be on my heart. And until we meet again, which my spiritual belief is that we will. And so I'm one lucky broad for that. These, this, these, these feelings suck, but believe me, I've been on the other side where you don't feel anything and it's a lot worse there. You don't actually know it's a lot worse there, but your life is, you know, just not as well-rounded, if that makes any sense. These next few weeks are going to be interesting via crawl space, via crawl, with crawl space. These last two weeks, this one, I don't know, guys, I'm, I am one, st- it's one of those things where I'm like one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, one, you know, just everything is just like, just keep swimming, um, but stop to feel shit and cry when you need to. And last night I was laying in bed and I was watching a movie on my computer, which I have been trying actively to break that bad habit. I started that in lockdown and sometimes, and you know, I sleep much better when I don't go to bed with my computer in a movie, but you know, sometimes I can't sleep or whatever. And I still have the leftover COVID shit, the insomnia you get from that. And so I was watching a movie and I felt something behind me and I turned around and Lucy was just laying by my head. We're going to be okay. I guess cats adapt too. I don't know. Um, oh, and poop scoop. This is not my poop scoop. And I, I, I told this guy that I was going to resurrect crawl. I hope this isn't the episode they choose to listen to. I don't know, whatever. I met a bunch of cool people and, uh, and, uh, we were talking about pooping our pants, which somehow I don't know why. Oh yeah. Cause my buddy and I had this big, not a big argument, like we're in a fight, but we had a fight, a, an argument about this. And then we brought it, we both went to this party and we brought it to the party and everyone, uh, hands down agrees with me. Sharding is pooping your pants. It's poop that you thought was a fart. That's why it's a shart. So it's shit that you thought was a fart. And he was like, no, it doesn't count. Cause he told me that he sharted a bunch in lockdown. <laughs> he's like maybe more than two times, <laughs> but I was like, so you pooped your pants. And he's like, I didn't poop my pants. It's sharding. Sharding is pooping your pants. That's it. So we were asking everybody, by the way, everyone at the, the thing believed, agreed with me. They were like, yeah, it's poop. Like what's in your pants. And he was like, brown liquid. And I'm like, yeah, what is the brown liquid? It's poop. And where is it? Your pants. You didn't like full blown, like unload in your pants, but you did poop in your pants. So therefore you pooped your pants. He hasn't listened to this in a long time. He's like, I'm working now, but he listened all the time. So I'm guessing in like three years, he'll listen to this episode and he'll call me and he'll be like, it's not pooping your pants or I'll have convinced him by this point. But you're talking to a bunch of people, a bunch of really awesome people. And one guy, I was like, I might resurrect, resurrect crawling up. But I was like, you got to get really real. We got to talk about mental health and you got to tell me, uh, you know, a hard story that you climbed out of. And he was like, done. So I don't know. What do you got? DM, I'm I'm starting to look at my DMs. How long have I been promising that for? 
DM me though. If you think crawling up is a good addition to crawl space, where I do like two episodes a month of me interviewing somebody about their, their shit. I burped. Sorry. Yuck. Remember when I used, okay. <laughs> I always bring that brought up. It's just so gross. I was always horrified. Like I just don't understand. Like just the, bleh, just so gross. Okay. So if you think I should bring crawling up back, email me kimcrawlspace at gmail.com or send me a DM. But I told this guy I would re- resurrect crawlspace because he was like, I don't even think he was talking to me because I think my buddy brought it up and then a group of people were talking about it and then I overheard it and I sat down and I was like, excuse me? And this guy was like, oh, I don't poop at home. I don't poop anywhere but my house. And I was like, what? He goes, yep, nowhere but my house. And I'm like, how? And he's like 40. I'm like, how? Like, how has that worked? And he's like, fine. I do not poop anywhere but my house. And I was like, how many times have you pooped your pants? And he's like, several. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, thank you. I literally like hugged him and I was like, thank you for this. And he's like, what? But yeah, he was like several. Because if I don't poop at home and I'm out and an emergency takes place, I try to get home. And then because he's like, I don't. And I love, I love humans so much. The ones that like, he's like, I understand that this has caused me to poop my pants. And I understand the simple solution is to try and poop outside my house, but I am going to die on the hill that I will only poop at home. Therefore, sometimes I poop. So I poop at home or in my pants. Those are the places. Oh my God. He was, and he was so serious about it. And I was laughing. It was so wonderful. And I, I ask your friend, ask people at parties if they've ever pooped their pants. I know that that's, not a thing that most adult humans do, but I am, I am who I am. Um, who says that I am who I am. So, uh, this has been fun. Um, I'm glad I recorded. I don't know. This is around the time where I'm like, was that crazy? Did I sound crazy? I love that we started out that, uh, um, what was it? The, hint, the how cats eat their owners and why we should respect them for that. Oh yeah. Cause they're survivalists. Dogs are like, I guess I die here. Cats are like, this can't be the only thing in the world. And the funny thing is dogs have met multiple people in their life, right? Like dogs are taken everywhere. Dogs are outside. That's where they pee. They see, they see a whole outside world. They've seen the outside world. So if you die, they're like, oh, there's a whole outside world outside that door. So if I just wait, somebody will come get me. So I'll eat this person so I can survive. And then someone will come get me and then I'll survive. Right. Dogs are like, no, I'll just, I guess I, I guess I guess the bloodline ends here, right? Uh, Someone told me to say that when somebody asks if you want to have kids and you don't, you just say, I've decided the bloodline ends here. Um, But cats, cats who, most cats have only met like a dozen people in their lives. Even like social cats like Henry. I mean, Henry's probably met hundreds of people because he's social. But like most cats have met, you know, Lucy's met four people, five people, including the dude I rescued her from, five people. And so she doesn't have any reference that there's a whole other world to her. I'm the only thing that will ever feed her and love her. Henry's gone. I'm the only thing that will love her and feed her. So like if I die, she has hope that there's an outside world after me. So she eats me to survive. I think that's sound logic and I am going to, I'm going to run with that, but thank you for listening to all this and thank you for the continued DMS and emails and everything. I am beside myself and I, I, I know that I will be okay. 
It's so weird. I just keep, and, and that's going to be the name of this episode. Humans, we adapt. We just do, you know, and that gives me hope for my friend who has experienced a profound, like, I mean, the, the worst loss, you know, like, I, I mean, not the worst loss, but up there, right. Raising two boys on his own. Like, I mean, just like I have solace knowing humans adapt you know, and it's going to be a long, hard road and he's going to need a lot of people around him. But they adapt. And thankfully he will too. I don't, it's funny. I don't know if that sounds insensitive or not, but to me it's comforting. Like in my grief right now, what's comforting is I know I will one day be okay. You know, if I didn't have, if I didn't know that, I don't know what I would do with this feeling, this grief. I don't know what I would do. Um, so I don't know, man. Thanks for all the love. If you, uh, if you want to be a Patreon subscriber, if you already are one, thank you so much. Um, if you want to be a Patreon subscriber, I have a couple of tiers now. So you can go in there and you get a couple of bonus episodes a month and you support the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, you go to patreon.com slash Kim crawl. Um, Let's see. You get these episodes early. You get two bonus episodes. And uh, oh, yeah. And I have all my stand up I'm about to put up there. I think I put my one woman show up there and then also a stand up I did like six months ago. So I have like four or five new ones. But I'm also about to put them all on TikTok. So I don't know if that's interesting or not to you guys. But um, yes. So yeah, DM me and let me know if you liked crawling up and if I should resurrect that stuff, that shit. Uh, and then also DM or email me your poop scoops. Cause I'm out of poop scoops. Remember you can leave a voice memo. Roger is in the process of doing that, leaving a voice memo. So we're going to pop in a voice memo in here. And then I'm hoping that like in my head, he does it once and then it just domino effects and everyone sends me their poop scoop stories via voice. That, that is my dream. So if you want to be one of those people that makes a dream come true, send me your poop scoop. Uh, you don't have to use your name and you can even email it. You don't have to use your name. If you want to use your name, I've had people be like, I don't give a fuck. Tell them my name is Jeff. You know, like people don't care, but some people do. So I always will respect anonymity. Um, yeah, I would love that. And send me all your one lucky broad. And again, thank you for all the love and support. I feel it. And I hope I don't know. I'm just going through it, man. And I, I, uh, I appreciate the support around me. And uh, I think that's it. That's the episode. Okay. Uh, be safe. Be kind. Bye. Crawl space, crawl space. I don't care, crawl.